Lesmore, the Hunchback, a folktale of Knockrofton, Ireland. This folktale from Knockrofton tells the tale of Lesmore, who was rewarded by fairies for his musical creativity. There once was a poor man who lived in the fertile glen of Averlow, at the foot of the gloomy Galtiel Mountains. He had a great hump on his back, which made it look as if his body had been rolled up and placed upon his shoulders. His head was pressed down with the weight so much that his chin, when he was sitting, used to rest upon his knees for support. The country people were rather shy of meeting him, for though he was as harmless and as inoffensive as a newborn infant, his deformity was so great that he scarcely appeared to be human, and some ill-minded persons had said strange stories about him afloat. He was said to have great knowledge of herbs and charms, but certain it was that he had a mighty skillful hand in plaiting straw and rushes into hats and baskets, which was the way he had made his livelihood. Lusmore, for that was his nickname put upon him for always wearing a sprig of the fairy cap or Lusmore in his straw hat, was very skillful at plaiting straw into hats and baskets. He earned four more he earned more for his plated work than anyone else, and perhaps that was the reason why someone, out of envy, had circulated the strange stories about him. As Lesmore was returning one evening from the petty town of Cahir, walking very slowly on account of his hump, it was already quite dark when he reached the old moat of Knockgrofton. He was tired and nowadays comfortable when thinking about walking all night. So he sat down under the moat to rest, looking mournfully upon the moon. There rose a wild strain of unearthly melody upon the ears of little Lusmore. He listened attentively, for he had never heard such ravishing music before. It was like the sound of many voices, each mingling and blending with the others so strangely that they seemed to be one, though all singing different strains. The words of the song were these, De lone de mort, de lone de mort, de lone de mort, when there would be a moment of pause, and then the round of melody went on again. Lesmore scarcely drew breath, so that he would not lose the slightest note. He plainly perceived that the singing came from within the moat, and though at first it had charmed him so much, he began to get tired of hearing the same sound being sung over and over so often without any change. So availing himself of the pause when De Lone de Mort had been sung three times, he took upon the tune and raised it with words, I guess the Caden, and then went on singing with the voices inside the moat, the lone de mort, finishing the melody, when the pause again came with Agnes de Caden. The fairies within Nakrofton, for the song was a fairy melody, heard this addition to their tune and were delighted 
they decided to fetch the mortal, whose musical skills so far exceeded theirs. Lusmore was brought before them with the speed of a whirlwind. <sighs> Glorious to behold was the sight that burst upon him as he came down through the moat, twirling around and around and around with the lightest a straw to the sweetest music that kept time to his motion. The greatest honor was then paid him for he was put above all the musicians and he had servants tending upon him and everything to his heart's content. Lesmore saw a great consultation going forward among the fairies and notwithstanding all their civility, he felt, felt very much frightened until one stepping out from the rest came up to him and said, Lesmore, Lesmore, doubt not nor deplore, for the hump which you bore on your back is no more. Look down on the floor and view it, Lesmore. When these words were said, poor Lesmore felt himself so light and so happy that he thought he could have bounded at one jump over the moon, like the cow in the history of the cat in the fiddle. And he saw his hump tumble down upon the ground. Lusmore tried to lift up his head, and he did so with caution, fearing that he might knock it against the ceiling of the grand hall. Where he was, he looked around and around again with the greatest wonder and delight. Everything appeared to be more and more beautiful and overpowered at beholding such a replendid scene. His head grew dizzy and his eyesight became dim until he found he fell into a sound, deep sleep. When he awoke, Lusmore found that he was broad daylight, the sun shining brightly, the birds singing sweet, and himself lying at the foot of the moat of Knockgrofton, with the cows and sheep grazing peacefully all around him. The first thing Lusmore did was feel for his hump. It was not to be found. Then he looked at himself with great pride. He had become well-shaped, little fellow, dressed in a full suit of new clothes, which he concluded the fairies had made for him. Towards Kappa, he went, stepping out slightly and springing up at every step as if he were a dancing master. Nobody who met Lusmore recognized him without his hump, and he had a hard time persuading everyone that he was the same man. In truth, he was not, so far as appearance went. Of course, it was not long before the story of Lusmore's hump spread throughout the country. For miles around, it was all anyone talked about. One morning, as Lusmore was sitting at his cabin door, an old woman came up to him and asked him to direct her to Kappa. This is Kappa, my good woman, said Lusmore. The woman explained that she had come from Daishi country in the county of Waterford. The son of her friend was dying because of his hump, and she hoped to cure him as Lusmore himself had been cured. 
Lesmore, who was a good-natured little fellow, told the woman how he had raised the tune for the fairies of Nakrofton, how his hump had been removed from his shoulders, and how he had received a new suit of clothes in the bargain. The woman went away quite happy. When she came back to her friend's house, she told her everything that Lesmore had said. They put the little humpbacked man, who was a peevish and cunning creature from his birth, upon a cart and took him all the way across the country. They brought, they brought and left him under the old moat of Nuckrofton. Jack Madden, for that was the humpy man's name, had not been sitting there long when he heard the tune going on within the moat much sweeter than before. For the fairies were singing it the way Lusmore had altered it. Dulan du mort, Dulan du mort, Dulan du mort, Agas de Cadin. Jack Madden was in a great hurry to get rid of his hump. He never thought of waiting until the fairies were all done their song, or watching for a fit opportunity to raise the tune higher. Never minding the time or the humor of the tune, he bawled, Agas de Cadin, Agas de Hana. He felt mightily pleased with himself, thinking that if one day was good, two were better, and that if Lesmore had received one new suit of clothes, he should have two new suits of clothes. No sooner had the words passed his lip than he was taken upon and whisked into the moat with prodigious force, and the fairies came crowding around about him with great anger screeching and screaming and roaring, Who spoiled our tune? Who spoiled our tune? And one stepped up to him above all the rest and said, Jack Madden, Jack Madden, your words came so bad in. The tune we were glad in, the castle you had in. That your life we may sadden, here's two humps for Jack Madden. And twenty of the strongest fairies bought Lusmore's hump and put it down upon poor Jack's back over his own where it became firmly fixed. In the morning when Jack Madden's mother and her friend came to look after the little man, they found himself half dead, lying at the foot of the moat with the other hump upon his back. They brought him home, where he died shortly after, leaving, they say, his heavy curse to anyone who will go to listen to the fairies' tunes again. The end.